Hello and welcome to this week's Therapy for Me in what is a Blue Week. Um, and I'm going to explain when we get in what a Blue Week is, um, but I've just noticed it on the screen uh, of the software I used to record this podcast and it kind of suddenly in a moment just brought everything around in terms of um, in terms of how my week's been. So, um, so yes, um, sit back uh, and enjoy the Blue Week. Monday. So the face mask thing happened then, and after jumping around on the subject for quite a while, um, the government has decided that we need to start wearing face masks when we're in shops. Um, which, for the record, I think is a good idea. Um, and I think we should have done it sooner because, for certainly for my experience, I found myself going to shops and feeling a, a little bit uncomfortable in terms of the fact that I don't think people have been really adhering to social distancing or rather everybody's interpretation of social distancing is somehow different from anybody else's. And I could get into a huge rant now about why I think that is and why, you know, we are in a situation when you tell people to use their common sense, you realise there's no such thing as common sense, but there are a lot of senses that to different people seem common to them, if that makes any sense, which actually doesn't, but anyway. Um, so f- face masks, yes, and I, um, and, and I and I support what they're doing. I think it, I think it, it makes sense. Um, the, my problem is... Well, not a problem, but I don't quite understand why it then has to come in on the 24th. Um, why there's nearly a fortnight from saying that we should be adopting this as a practice because it keeps us all safer. And I read some data somewhere that suggested that if everybody is wearing a face mask, um, the, the, the chance of transmission drops to something ridiculous, like about 3%, um, which clearly... You know that's gonna that's gonna bring the R rate down. There's no there's no doubt that on a three percent transmission that you know it's uh, you're gonna have to be uh, well not unlucky but that there's a, there's there's far more chance that you will be able to go out and that you will you know know that you can come home and and you won't be spreading or infecting anybody. So it's it's that bit that I'm I really can't quite you know get my get my head round. If something's right and proper and kind of everybody thinks it's the right thing to do, then why are we waiting two weeks to do it? I mean the other thing of course about all of this is that you know we've now had face mask panic buying kick in. Um and even just doing cursory web searches you know, today it became obvious that there aren't the options there for face masks that there perhaps should be. So I'm not saying that, right, so there's kind of a paradox here. Why wait till the 24th is the right thing to do? Check. But then what thought has been put to availability of things like this uh, and what guidance is there out there and how do you resolve the issue of ensuring that everybody has the things that they need? Check. Um, now, if you'd gone out and said, well, we're going to leave it to the 24th because it could take long, that, that long for everybody to get themselves sorted, that kind of makes sense in one breath. But then why don't you just say, well, actually, it has to be done by the 24th, but can you please stop wearing them from today if you've got them? Um, and, and, and you know, 
make the emphasis and make the impetus on people to do the thing now um, with a kind of, and you need to have it sorted for then kind of vibe. I, I, I don't know, there's still something for me that's wrong in government messaging. There's still something there that worries me. There's still a sense of the fact that it's not clear enough and it's and it's far too open to interpretation, particularly when you get, a headline on a Saturday saying they're going to come in and then Michael Gove on a Sunday saying, well, it probably will be down to people's common sense. And then by Monday, the headlines have changed again and it's now going to be something that we've we've, we've, we've all got to do. Admittedly, as I say, the, I think the right decision, but there's just this, it's just, it's just, it's just woolly. It's just really, really woolly. And it doesn't, and when you're dealing with health, it can't be woolly. <laughs> So I've spent the day reconfiguring a bedroom. Actually, it wasn't a day; it was a it was a few hours. It didn't it didn't take that long. Um, but I've reconfigured a bedroom because um, of the amount of time that a teenage boy is spent bum sweating on an Xbox. Um, and essentially, the problem I was presented with, or the problem the family was presented with, um, was um, the uh, the fact that my eldest son, who sits on his bed to play his Xbox because the screen's on his on his wall, and he was complaining that just sitting on the bed with no support behind him was meaning that his his back was aching from extended periods playing an Xbox. Now, what should happen? Uh, in that scenario, is you should turn around to the, the you know the person involved and have a conversation about the amount of time he's clearly spending on an Xbox because we shouldn't be having a situation where he's sat for so long that it's causing him an issue with his back. Now, anybody who's got kids will realise or work out very quickly that that is exactly what you should do. But what you end up doing, what you end up doing is acquiescing and you end up working out how you can change things so that the problem goes away rather than actually saying, do you know what, you should actually be outside getting more fresh air or you should be doing X, Y and Z. Um, so we didn't we didn't go down that route and we but what we what the proposition that came about was an entire room reorganization reorganization to resolve this problem. So um, the the plan the, the, the teenage plan involved a lot of turmoil and every single piece of furniture in the, in the room ultimately being moved. Um, and what I managed to come up with is a far subtler solution that just involved moving a television off one wall and putting a television on a different wall, which was kind of on the wall where his desk is. And he's had the added advantage that he can now actually plug his laptop into um, into the screen as well. So when he's doing schoolwork, it actually is easier for him and he's looking upwards and it's a bigger screen. And, and so actually there has been a fringe benefit in that, in that respect. And then, of course, you end up congratulating yourself on um, having found a way... Of of doing it that doesn't involve the complete, you know, almost house remodeling that had been the proposition that had been put to you. And you then look at it and go, well, I've, I've done really rather well there. I've, you know, it's only actually taken, you know, an hour and a half, whatever it's done to, you know, to take a bracket off one wall and fix a bracket to a new wall and move the Xbox and move the other bits and pieces and sort out the wiring and the tech and this, that and the other, get it all moving. It's not actually taking that long at all. When, of course, it then dawns on you that, You've not actually started with a conversation about should you spending so long on your Xbox. What you've actually done is you've just done everything that was required. You've just done it in a far more um, kind of streamlined way. Now, what then came out of this was that um, he needed a new chair. 
Um, and so we, you then do that little dance that means that you'll get, you get presented with pictures of what he'd like, which is, which is a, a gaming chair. And if you've ever, if you ever looked at pictures of gaming chairs, they are awful. I mean, they are absolutely awful. These things are, they're like, they're like the kind of upholstery you would have got in an old Ford Escort. And, and, and they're, they're, they're really, really high. So it's going, you know, feet above his head and it's wide and it's, it's, it's black with, you know, blues and reds and stripes and panels and all manner of things. And they really are quite foul. And then, of course, you end up settling on the slightly less offensive option. And yet, when it arrives, you still find that now you're going to live with something which is, which just you walk past and you just cringe. Um, and I don't quite know why that appeals, you know, to a, to a teenage boy. I, I guess I must have been exactly the same. Um, so, you know, uh, an opportunity for, for sound and balanced parenting, um, was, was somehow overlooked. Um, screens were moved and we now have a white and black gaming chair, uh, in the house. <laughs> When I sit and record um, the podcast, I have a, a, a vocal screen, and it's just a, a it's a kind of a piece of plastic with foam on it that sits around the microphone. That means that it doesn't take reflection, so it doesn't take sound coming back into the microphone uh, when it bounces off the walls. It's meant to make it sound more controlled and less echoey, and it's not quite um, the right height for the mic stand. So what I do is because it's a freestanding thing. I stand it on a on a, a couple of books, a couple of paperback books, which raises it up the kind of inch it needs to be to be in the perfect position for the for the microphone. Um, and I've not noticed, but the two books I seem to be picking all the time are two by John O'Farrell, and they're and they're kind of they're both about what it's like to be a Labour Party supporter. Um, and the first one was called "Things Can Only Get Better," which was a reference to um, the fact that um, Tony Blair. Used in the New Labour years, that was a, a a piece of music that that the New Labour used and Tony Blair used, and then the follow up, which came sort of fifteen years later, uh, and talks about everything post New Labour, and that's called Things Can Only Get Worse. Um, so when I when I record, you know, uh, this podcast or other podcasts, I'm looking down at those two sets of words. Things can only get better. Things can only get worse which obviously you know symmetrically and brings balance and you know brings balance to the force and that's all fine um and yet this week my head's been very much squarely in the things can only get worse category and i can't tell you why um but i've for the last couple of days i've just struggled i've just not i've i've i don't know whether it's been a mixture of boredom I don't know whether it's a mixture of all the fact that nothing seems to be, there seems to be very little momentum. And I think part of the problem with going into lockdown when I was just about trying to kick a business idea off and I've managed to keep some of it going, but I'm making it's very difficult to expand it out now. Um, and the fact that, you know, a couple of the projects that I've been working on have, have slowed off a little bit, then I've, you know, I'm, I'm just, struggling for things to do and finding myself feeling increasingly flat. Um, and the the excitement that then turned into a routine 
um, has now meant that the you know even the sense of routine, which at times can be reassure, reassuring, has now got just a little bit too a little bit too mundane. Um, so I, I I you know for whatever reason the last the last couple of days I've just I found it difficult to to lift myself and I and I and I, and I can't really um, I, I mean I could say it's the weather but I don't really know if it is um, but everywhere I turn I'm just finding things that that make me feel um, you know make me feel flat or make me feel you know less than positive I don't see I'm you know for the last couple of days I've not seen a route out of of where we are and, and when there'll be any kind of return to, 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 you know, to being able to put, I guess, my life back on some kind of track with the things that I'd like to do. And I, and I shouldn't worry about it because everybody's fine, everybody's safe. And, and in reality, I should just be going with that. But the, you know, the, the joy that could be found in the spontaneity of being where we are has just, has just seemed to have really worn off. So of the two books I'm looking at, I'm definitely in the things can only get worse kind of category at the moment, which is, you know, which which is hard. Thursday. I've always been aware of the Coen Brothers films uh, and seen a few of them, but never really got too deep into their back catalogue. And I've struggled a little bit this week. Um... So today I sat down and I I just put a film on. I thought, Do you know what? I'm just. In, in fact, to be honest, I kind of I went to put a film on with the thought that because I was feeling a little bit tired, I thought I'm going to go and put the television on. And if I fall asleep for a couple of hours, fine. I fall asleep for a couple of hours. It's not not a a major problem. I've talked about this before and the fact that I find it fairly easy to sleep for a couple of hours in an afternoon anyway. And I was just feeling like I couldn't be bothered with the world again. And it's kind of you know third day on the bounce. So I thought I'll put a film on. And see what happens. And um, and I'd seen an article about the Coen Brothers, uh, one of these clickbait things where they, you know, oh, we'll list the Coen Brothers films in order of whatever. Um, and I'd clicked on that, and it reminded me that actually, um, when I th- went through a little phase of buying DVDs from charity shops uh, and having I, and, and stacking the shelf with things that I thought, oh, I'll watch that at some point. I realised I actually got a few Coen Brothers films there to to watch. So I'd seen, you know, I've seen Miller's Crossing and I've seen, you know, I've seen Fargo and I've seen uh, a, a couple of the other um, films, but um, but there were lots that I hadn't got round to got round to watching. And one of these was a film called uh, Burn After Reading, uh, which had a fantastic cast. I mean, most of the films have got great cast. And uh, and I thought, right, well, I'll, I'll start there. I'd looked at it. It was an hour and a half long. I thought, well, I'll start there. And thinking that, uh, yeah, so if I end up falling asleep, I end up falling asleep, it's fine. And I was absolutely mesmerised and enchanted by this film. And it's not a. F- when I say enchanted, that makes it sound like it's a fairy tale, and and I don't mean by that. I mean it just. There was a sense of wonder, in it was it's so beautifully made, and it and it had such a lightness of touch about it, and it was so funny. It was yes, it was dark, um, you know, and and the language is definitely up there, um, but. The, the the way it was all held together um was 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 just inspired and it you know full of great performances and there's Pitt and there's Clooney and there's Malkovich and there's Francis McDermott and just just absolutely stunning performances running all the way through and you know and I found myself 
A, it was the fastest hour and 35 minutes for, for a while. I was just transported and, and, and had that moment of what it's like when you get into a good film, that you just, you're smiling and you're taken away from yourself and everything dissipates into the background. And... Um, and I, and it's you know it, it's kind of made me made me think that I'm I need to now you know look at it. so I've now got a, almost a little bit of a reason for being now because I'm now thinking oh right, I can't wait to see another Coen Brothers film and so you know I went through on Netflix and I've queued up half a dozen um, Coen Brothers movies to you know that are now sort of in my list of things to in my list of things to watch um, and I've and I'm go back and you know and sort of things like True Grit's in there the remake of True Grit which I'm really looking forward to and The Big Lebowski I've never seen The Big Lebowski so that's going to be in there and I can see myself you know kind of chomping through these in uh, in fairly short order um, and and it, it's kind of almost been a little bit of a, a lift that I needed so. It's amazing what comes from a space that you don't expect it to come from. And I didn't expect it to come from there. And it's it just everything just slotted into place. Friday. So I said in the intro about um, it being a blue week. And um, basically the way I record these podcasts is I record a month's worth onto um, one piece of software. So um, it's it's kind of weird to explain, but basically it's it's four different weeks or five different weeks on this piece of software because it's the it's the most it saves me having to reset the thing up every time, and uh, and I I drop in the the little bits of um, you know the little incidental bits of music, um, and then I record the separate piece of audio, and to keep them all different, I color code the different weeks. So week one in a month is lime, and week two in a month is blue, and week um, three in a month is red, and week four in a month is uh, pink and week five if there is a week five is gray it's like a slate gray and so it was just funny when i looked back on the recordings and realized that this week was a was a blue week because you know for two or three days in the middle of the week that's exactly how how i kind how i kind of felt really so it it was it was strange that it 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 would drop that way around i mean it's a one in four chance it's not that strange but you know i mean it it just you know and and i retitled them so as i go i i put uh against the pieces of audio so everything's you know kind of neat and organized and i know where to go for a piece of audio i rename them so this week are all blue weeks so it's you know blue monday blue tuesday blue wednesday blue thursday and this will be blue friday um and so the point when you type that you go oh it really is a blue week um but then it's it's picked the week's kind of picked up um from where i i you know i was sort of tuesday wednesday where my head was at um and we've 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 moved on and it i think the thing the thing was about the middle of the week that when i'm out going for a walk going for a run um i'm 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 fine, and and, and you know the, um, the the kind of the high from doing the exercise or from the fresh air really helps, and then and then you come back, and because I do that first thing in the morning, then it, it does mean that the day, the rest of the day, you know, in some respects that can really give you a lift for the day, and it used to really give me a lift on a, on, on a day if I, I was working because it really got everything started and pumping and it got you focused, but if you arrive back and go well, that's kind of the bit of my day that had some structure that's now gone, and then the rest of the day is kind of 
is set out in front of me with no real real plan then 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 actually you know those bits were feeling like oh it's, it's like almost like the best bit of the day's already gone um so but that the the moment the um the the the, the thursday film moment really did you know have the desired effect and i've actually watched another uh, i watched a, a film called hail caesar um another one that's on the Coen brothers list this afternoon and it's had exactly the same effect it's in in fact if anything it's more magical than burn after reading um and you know i guess again incredible ensemble cast but there's just some wonderful sequences isn't it and it's based on sort of a you know golden years of hollywood and it's based on a guy who's a fixer for a studio and there's just some wonderful sequences you know, and 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 in, and one fantastic song and dance sequence that's kind of sort of you know um, Stanley Donen esque. So um, he was the guy who did things like Singing in the Rain and, and On the Town and those kind of films. And there's just a wonderful scene that really is very On the Town esque, um, and which which was absolutely was absolutely you know breathtaking and just you couldn't help but smile because it was such it was so beautifully observed and. And and I've got to the end of the week and, and found now that there's just more things that have dropped in at the end of the week. So like last night, um, I mean, forget the fact that my football team lost to Leicester last night. Um, but my brother gave me some vouchers for a hamburger restaurant for a burger restaurant in Home Firth called Lou and Joe's. And, and, and I got these vouchers for my birthday, which literally was two or three days before lockdown. So the idea was that, you know, we could have used them through lockdown to get a takeaway and then of course Lou and Joe's shut and they've only just reopened so I've only just been able to use those so we kind of had my birthday present meal from my brother last night which was which was great which absolutely great you know three and a half months after or whatever it was but absolutely fantastic so that happened last night and that was it and, and I can now look on that and that's a hugely positive thing and you know and thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it in in the next five minutes literally the next five minutes I'm going to leave and um, we're all going out to cricket and we're going in different directions. So um, uh, my youngest son and my wife are going up to cricket at one cricket club for his um, for his um, uh, training because the cricket club where my eldest son goes, which is where I'm going, don't have a, a, a team for that age. And so we're going off in different directions, two cars to go, but back doing cricket training on Friday night, which is just a lovely way of spending an hour on a Friday on a Friday evening. So. I don't think there's any rhyme or reason to this last little bit, but I wanted to explain why it was a blue week, literally why it was a blue week, but that just to reinforce how something little can then move you on. And then, of course, something's building on top of something else. So now the Coen Brothers thing has become a thing. And now I've got five, six, seven movies that I'm really now looking forward to. So I'm really getting into their style and I'm loving, and I'm now wondering what they're going to have done with something like True Grit. And everything I've seen has, has, has made me think, well, these guys are really, they've got a really light touch and they're really clever and I'm really enjoying what they're doing. So I know I'm going to enjoy whatever they, you know, they, they do next. And then there's the cricket thing, which would be great because everybody will get up there and we'll have a nice kind of uh, chat and what have you as the kids play cricket. And I don't know, it just, it, it's, it's finished a lot better than it felt like it would finish in the middle. And that's got to be a good thing. Please take care. I hope you're safe and well. Uh, enjoy your weekend, and I will talk to you next week.
enjoyed Therapy For Me, then please subscribe and share as you see fit. This has been an A Short Stories production.